0: Hello, welcome to more of the Richard Herring podcast feed, powered by ACAST+. Uh, Hope you're enjoying all these tour podcasts. There is still a chance to catch some, though they're selling out very fast. Uh, We, in fact, Sheffield on the 7th of March sold out. uh, But check the theatre website for returns. Uh, Monday the 11th of March. Uh, March Adam Buxton and Lem A in the Leicester Square Theatre sold out but you can get tickets for the Warwick Arts Centre where I'm talking to Lindsay Santoro and the Exploding Heads internet phenomenon and at Bedford on the 21st where I'm talking to Olaf Falafel and my old friend Al Murray I'm at Glasgow uh, on the 27th of March sold out Susie McCabe and Fred McCauley and then at Hull on the 28th of March with Tommy Cannon and Bob Mortimer Uh, There are three tickets left as I talk to you, so get there quick if you want to come and see that. Also, it's richardherring.com slash Rahalastapa. Come and see me on tour doing stand-up for the first time in six years. richardherring.com slash Ballback coming lots of places around England and some places in Scotland. Uh, And that's about it for the moment. All right, sit back, relax, and enjoy Rahalastapa.
1: Only at Sleep Number stores or SleepNumber.com. Hello,
0: it's the fourth compilation episode of the Best of the Hollister from 2023, put together by Ben Evans, not that one, who was put together partly by Chris Evans, not that one. I don't know who his dad is, but, you know, he's Welsh. That's all I can tell you. Um... We're just giving you some little snippets of all the best bits of uh, this year's guests and uh, it's a lot of fun. I think you're going to enjoy it. Do spread the news of these to your friends, share them with your mates. It might get them into the podcast. We need to keep those download numbers up if we want to carry on making the show. It's up to you, my friend. The future is up to you, my friend. do ba, do do, ba, do, do, do. Do, 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 do. Can't remember what that is. That's the theme tune. And the way we lost a dream or two. Don't know what that is. It's a theme tune to some sitcom, American sitcom. First up, this was one. This is a show. I, it wasn't one of the tours. I did it in the New Forest somewhere, and a really fascinating chat with a really a man who's had quite the life, but is a fantastic comedian and always has been. It's Marcus Birdman do you think i mean there are quite a lot of comedians who come from either like having a bishop as a father or a head ma- or a teacher a headmaster as a father i wonder do you think it's a, a reaction i mean i did a whole show about yeah, this yeah think I mean, do think i've a done reaction? a
2: show about it as well i mean i, I think it, it's it's a bit psych what sort of number one in it to kind of go yeah you're following in your father's footsteps yeah. but i think i mean i make a joke that i kind of but, you know, my, my father's a vicar and I'm a comic. Both of us get up in front of rooms full of strangers and lie to them to make ourselves look big and clever. <laughs> you know? uh, but he gets a lot more sex. You know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I suppose the similarities. Uh, yeah. um, that, that and I suppose from a default setting, you see your father get up on a Sunday and and preach or talk to an audience, um, and it's natural to you, or or not unnatural to you, that seems to make sense or rather than, you you know, that's probably hardwired in your DNA, would you agree? Yeah, I think so, Um, but would
0: you think about I mean, also, if with the the unusual circumstance of being at the same school as mm. you dad, I wonder whether, like, the the rebe- it's a little rebellion to be funny against someone. In order to go, you know, oh, you're, I don't know if it's the same as your dubbing their master, if your dubbing the chaplain. I don't. Mm. I didn't go to the kind of school where we had a chaplain, so I don't know what kind of. Didn't you? What godless <laughs> place to do it uh, in Cheddar? I went to Cheddar, so uh, King's Wessex. Um, but you know, whether that, you know, whether that need to rebel against the authority, whether that need to be seen to be funny. I mean, I don't think it's true of me. I think I, cause I investigated it and realised I was like this way before I got anywhere near this. I certainly don't think I
2: needed. It was a need to be funny. No, I think there was a need to. There was desperately. There was definitely a need to break out of that um, kind of mould. I mean, I. I think it was. I was about fifteen before I realised that not everyone's father was a vicar. Right. (laughs) I guess your one's one's normal is. One's normal, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so it, you don't realise that maybe that's quite an unusual situation to be the son of a vicar or preacher yeah. man or whatever. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, maybe that's quite, that's, that's quite unusual. And then I think I was, I was very religious. Uh, and um, I remember um, having a relationship with God, talking yeah. to God. And then I remember also pretty early on trying to dismantle that. Yeah. And I, it's my—it's been my life's work—not—not not for, not for so long—not—not not, not recently because I put, I put it to bed, but to 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 dismantle the whole God belief, Jesus is following me. Bit. Yeah. Um, and that's my proudest thing—to get rid of it. Yeah. To jettison it. From yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't managed the world yet. No.
0: Oh, you're dead. But I'm trying. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying. To start, I'm trying. I, I, I joked in Christ on a Bike, my show, about about religion, was you know them trying to convince my parents not to be religious. Did just, you? <laughs> just at the end of that, you know, they've got their whole life, and then they recant, and then they die, and they find out they were right all along, <laughs> and it's yeah, too yeah. late. <laughs> but you know, people obviously. I mean, you know, I think you. I'm, I'm sure it's probably true of your dad as well, but you know, my parents. I mean, my mum has lost her religion a little bit, though hopefully thanks to me. But you know, they're good. They're good people, and they're mm. good Christians. And, they still uh, like.
2: yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. See, my father died so um I think that's that yeah it was very so I think I had like yourself I think you just said my father was pretty authoritarian. Yeah. and endorsed by God. Yes. So it wasn't just like dad going don't do that. It was dad and God saying don't do that. <laughs> so it was it was quite a heady mixed to try and get out of under and I think I felt for so long uh, if I had an alternative view to that that I, I was being very deviant yeah you know and I was like I, I I, might have intellectually gone I don't think that's right I don't believe that but I always felt like I'd strayed from the path yeah. somewhat and it was very it was weird I, I went to uh, Israel and Jeru- um, Jerusalem when I was in my mid-20s and I it took going there and seeing some of those places, um, you know, the, the Mount of Olives or where Mary ascended into heaven allegedly, or, or the you know the Sea of Galilee. All these places that exist, and speaking to people who had no relationship to Jesus, because they were Muslims or they were whatever it was, yeah. and, and they weren't they weren't deviant or they weren't like wrongans or they weren't because their parents were just godless they were like they were quite devout people but they were they knew as much about jesus as i knew about Muhammad, which right. was next to nothing yeah. and i'm like oh that's a that's a quirk of geography or fate yeah. it's not a decision that i've sort of naughtily made to to go i don't want to deal with jesus anymore you, it's a, I could you can have no relationship and it's fine yeah you know and that was a massive revelation sure
0: Sure, it, you know, it is interesting, and they do. Even when I did Christ on a bike, I was 33 when I did Christ on the bike, Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and there was still a part of me thinking, "Oh, you know, I shouldn't be
2: doing this," and I'd really? long,
0: you know long ago left it behind. Because me. you might be
2: smited that's, down. Yeah, there's still a
0: part of me that's you know because it's if it's ingrained in you, you know, mm. I you know, my my fa- my family were n- not, unpl- you know, but they weren't like fire and brimstone or anything. You know, it was all they were they were nice, but it was it, it's still when. If you tell a kid something, it's a very hard thing to shake. Yeah, thank you, Demarcus. Do check him out. He's on all the social medias and he tours and he's brilliant. Uh, and so is our next guest, someone I interviewed for the Edinburgh Fringe podcasts. Um, the one's got to play out at the moment. Do check that out. It's the wonderful Alison Spittle. <laughs> but because no, I read about <laughs> about lock, you saying lockdown that uh, you know you the lockdown. Um, COVID made you real, think, oh, I'm just a person, you said. In a, in yeah. a, that you would not feel like a comedian anymore. Because I haven't done... Com- I thought It was really where I read that after last night. I did my gig last night, and then I sat, went to the back and sat outside the tent and watched Alan Davis do his set. Yeah. And then I was thinking, but I, I was just up there doing this. So I, I was the other way around. I kind of forgotten that I was a comedian, and I couldn't quite work out how i'd managed to go on stage with something that i hadn't really done before and make you know i couldn't i couldn't envisage that i had the confidence to do that or that i was that person so because because i haven't done comedy for a while it felt it just felt so alien to think fuck i did i just went up there and told a thousand people about my balls. <laughs> 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 and was and was funny and in command and was good. Gr- it was good. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like now I'm sitting here, it just doesn't feel like that could have I could possibly have done that. And it's it, it's because I haven't done stand-up for ages.
3: It's weird. I feel like I feel like a very not powerful person outside of yeah. comedy. Or like when I'm on stage, there's this weird thing of like I feel like um I remember once like I used to get because I wear quite bright clothing and I'm fat. And, like, sometimes what would happen is, like, some people might come up to me in the street. Years ago, I wrote an article about it. And this like, people, like, call me names and stuff. And I found it strange. But when I went up on stage, if anyone called me a name, I would destroy them. And it was the only place where I felt, like, fully safe, fully, like, and that's why I love doing comedy. I think it's, like, you feel like you're a different person for about 10 or 15 minutes, even though you're just exaggerating yourself. Yeah, and that's what is stand up to and, me. Yeah, you know,
0: but you are. It is. You know, it's a weird. It's such a weird job to do. And I think. Oh. That, and I think when you do it all that. So like, it's interesting. Covid. You suddenly went. Oh, I'm not doing that job anymore. Oh God. You know, I'm not a comedian anymore.
3: I'm a, a it, member of society. <laughs>
0: you know, <laughs> but it is. It is. You know, I can completely understand why yeah. comedians go insane. Right. I think if you and and, and I was thinking because it's so like a, it's. I mean, again, I've, as I was saying to you backstage, I don't really take drugs. But it is a sense
3: yeah. <laughs> Wait. Do you want to give context it's, it's of the, how? <laughs>
0: You, you, she so you offered me a load of drugs, and I said, "I don't really do those. I don't think we should do it before the show, anyway. Maybe if it goes well, well, we'll sniff those up." Later. Uh, but like, you know, the, yeah. it, it's so like, you know, the whole experience is so like you, the confidence yes. uh, yeah. that you're the centre of attention. Yeah. And then if you go, if you're going off and then taking cocaine as well, oh. <laughs> if you're that, if you get that level of feeling, like that, you so some comedians go insane on the power of it and start, oh. and start to believe the person on stage is is them and that they are that amazing.
3: Yeah, because you get like there are some comedians that get told they're philosophers as well as yeah. comedians, which is the biggest load of balls. <laughs> like it's not important. <laughs> yeah. You know, our jobs are not important. We just like we're just fucking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, so like that mixed with cocaine, yeah. it's going to make quite the prick, <laughs> <You know? laughs> quite the prick.
4: <laughs>
0: but it is, you know, it's an extraordinary, it's, it's sort of extraordinary as much as the podcast is a lovely thing to do. I don't, it, yeah. do, it doesn't give me in any, any way the same feelings as I get from doing stand-up. No,
3: you don't get that instant, no. That like the first time I did stand-up, it was like, the greatest feeling i 've ever i had no interest in stand up before didn 't give didn 't respect it didn 't care about it. Yeah. The only time I saw stand up was like on mute on a DVD player at a house party I lived in quite a rural part of Ireland, and uh, I saw Eddie Murphy raw, but that 's only because I love Eddie Murphy liked his films and stuff you know so then when I did stand up, someone told me to do stand up and organize a gig and I did it and then this feeling of like relief and adrenaline and everything it was the best high i've ever had in my life like it's stronger than even falling in love or anything it's just like that that's what i chased the yeah. whole time so that that comes in handy when things go shit ways you know <laughs> and you're like oh well what about that you know yeah I keep chasing that I don't know if that's ever to yeah but then you come. know it's
0: worth in your life it's worth remembering that you are you know you can be that person on stage so it is you know I can I completely get where you're coming from yeah as another comedian I really yeah. get it but it is you know it is I guess it's sort of enhancing that uh, you know a lot of comedy can be self-destructive and can be you know like you know you're working through your mental issues <laughs> One is working through one's mental issues yeah. with it, and and you know I think it is, it's sort of when you step when I stepped back from it last night, you know it was like oh wow you know but I, but it's it was me. It does I, I can't believe it was me, but it was me that did it. So yeah. there is a there's at least a part of me that is that guy on stage.
3: Okay. Oh yeah. well, how big of a part is that in I mean, you? Not, I mean now much
0: less because I think I'm I'm much happier in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know I like my life and I like being at home with my family and you know I'm not that bothered about you know yeah. but equally it's i mean my wife always used to say when i went when i came off tour and didn't do stand-up for a couple of months she'd be wanting me to go out and do it again because i
3: would you be grumpy i, I
0: was a grumpy i just you know it just changed my mood in a in a positive way to you know to to perform on stage i don't think i need it as much anymore but i think i think mm. it it is interesting how you know it I, I feel more alive today than i did yesterday
3: that's great
0: yeah so it's you know it's there is still something something in there, but I think I think again that's just over time. But you know you what you work you'll work through stuff.
3: I am going to yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> I think mean, you know
0: you're so, can, you're so. Can you
3: just tell me I'll be happy? <laughs> you
0: <laughs> <were>. <laughs> but you've got to remember that you're this person. You're this really funny, this yeah. really funny, really inventive and an amazing person who also yeah. has the confidence to do what you do, which yeah. most people would rather... Genuinely, I think a lot of people would rather die than be like, a stand-up Oh, they tell me that all the
3: time. I could not do that. It's like, you don't have to. It's yeah,
4: you know,
0: It's a very competitive <laughs> yeah. marketplace. They really don't want people who a shit and, uh, yeah. and don't want to be there. Yeah. Alison <laughs> there is proving that you can be called spittle and still have a successful life. So that's not too bad. Another man with a, su- a silly name, uh Again, I can't believe this is his first ever appearance on the podcast. He was sublime. It is Paul Foote. The Virgin ads that you did in Australia... Yes, with, they were very well known here. They are well known. Yes. So we can talk about them. And we have many listeners in Australia who will know them very well. But
5: you were... with Were you talking to Richard Branson in those adverts? Well, right? actually... Well, it was amazing. I spent two weeks out there filming it. I was... It was Virgin Mobile. And... I played a character called Robin De Hood. Wow, that was my character, okay. and it was filmed in Sherwood near Brisbane. Okay, so that was the idea of the—that was the sort of joke behind, yeah. behind the reason that they flew me all the way to Australia <laughs> to make the advert. And I was all dressed in red. I had like red tights, and I and I cycled on a very strange bicycle all around the town. And, and in, the, in the advert, I was sort of really popular and everyone would follow me because I was giving everyone a good uh, deal on their mobile phones. Nice. And it, was, it wasn't like a normal advert because it was all stupid. <laughs> like I just like made up my own things. Like a one, one of the adverts was, I went into a pub and I, got, and then I said, I shall finish this mead tomorrow. And then the, then the barman said, no, you've got to finish it now. And so the and the and I said I want to have it tomorrow. So the idea was that I was saying, oh, with Virgin Mobile you can roll over your minutes and month sort of thing. And then I said, "Uh, that's right, I remember. And then I said, he said, you have to use it now. And I said, outrage. I said, and I had my like stupid way of speaking, outrage. I said, (laughs) Uh, with Virgin Mobile, what you haven't used now, you can use later. (laughs) Like all stupid voice like that. And then the director came over to me and he said, um, in the next take, can you say... instead sort of saying, outrage. Can you just say it normally, please? <laughs> and he said, can you not say, uh, you can use it later? Could you say it later? I think that's better. <laughs> so, uh, so I did it that way. And then I could see... Because the way adverts work is that you have all like, the people making it and then you have the client, who are Virgin Mobile in this case, who never talk directly to you. They're sort of in a corner. And then I could see them talking to someone else because they don't talk to the director directly, they talk to someone else. And then that person then talks to the director, and then the director came back over and said, uh, for this next take and all future takes, will you please say, Outrage? <laughs> and also say, Later. And it was quite successful, because then yeah. later... I mean, I knew people who would go into... Like, in fact, it was the, the producer of the advert who said... He realised it was, it was a successful advert, because he went into a pub somewhere in the middle of nowhere in, in Australia, and someone just said, Outrage! <laughs> and it was all just stupid things like that. I yeah. just A lot of it I just made up. Yeah, I was just out of living weird just scenes and stuff. Because yeah. I had made Marion and all these funny little other people who lived with me in this strange tent in this sort of fantasy world they'd built for me. And uh, and then, you know, they the director of photography and all the people filming, they just said they'd never been on an advert like that. <laughs> it was just the whole thing. It was just weird. Right. It was so fun. And, uh, yeah, and I did do one thing with... It was supposed to be with Richard Branson, but we couldn't... He was in Australia at the time, but we couldn't actually do it. He was in Sydney and I was in Brisbane. Mm. But our mutual diaries didn't kind of match up. Wow. So he had to film his bit separately and I filmed my bit separately. And, 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 and in it, I was in a forest, and I had to, like, shoot a... I had to shoot a peacock. <laughs> <laughs> but it was obviously dead already. It was like a stuffed peacock, pretend peacock. Yeah. And I had to shoot it with my arrow. And then the, the, the mobile went off, and it was Richard Branson. Wow. And I said something about, ''Hello, you tycoon!'' <laughs> And then I was told that Richard Branson didn't like being called a tycoon. <laughs> right. So I had to change it to successful Businessman, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. No, no, he doesn't like tycoons actually. Right. Yeah, that was that that was that advert. That's
0: amazing. Well you are you're a you know, you're a big star in Australia, I would say. You go to Australia a lot, right? I go, yeah, a, yeah, quite I've been there you know, I was got about last month. Yeah. Yes. So you've just been out there again? How how was the, how was the last was it Melbourne, I presume? Melbourne, Melbourne, Adelaide? all the places. South Melbourne,
5: Sydney. Adelaide Sydney, yeah. Brisbane. Brisbane. N- name another place. Um, there's one other Uluru, place. Uluru, did you get
0: down Uluru, no, Uluru no, in the I middle? I not know, er- know. Alice Springs. No, this, yeah, no, um, there's one major
5: place I've not mentioned. The, uh, the capital, Canberra. Canberra, yeah another, yeah, another major place I haven't mentioned. Um, there is another one. Or on the West Coast, West oh, we Coast. We could just make the
0: whole podcast me naming Australian cities. I mean, the people of Tottenham can join I'm in. I'm afraid
5: you run out of time. The Gold Coast. Perth. Perth. Oh, Perth. Yeah, I did do Gold Coast as well. Yeah. That's kind of Brisbane, really. Same yeah. Same thing, really. Okay. Yeah, I did all those places. And uh, the Australians dig what you're doing? Yeah, yeah, so it's, it seems to go. I, I went there the first time 12 years ago, and I remember going there thinking, I'll probably never go to Australia again. Uh, and and uh, I just took to it like a duck to water. And they seemed to take <laughs> to me like a duck to water. And then it was shortly after that I did the Virgin Mobile and then
4: advert.
0: You, and then bang, assured, that was it once you'd done that? That was it. So every tour called the Outrage Tours. That's what you have to do.
5: Well, I could do it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I might bring back that character. Yeah. Because it wasn't really a character. It was just me and a pair of red tights just <laughs> sp- speaking stupid stuff. <laughs> but it was really fun. Yeah. And my favourite, actually one of my favourite bits was, there was one f- bit where I wasn't, um, where I was, it was showing how helpful I was because I was helping everyone with their mobile phone problems. But I was helping them in other ways. And then they, there was a, a dwarf, and he, and he couldn't reach the table to get his beer. So in the bit, I had to sort of, like, bend down, and then he stood on my back to get the beer. Yeah. And then but it was quite heavy. Yeah. And I could feel it on my back, you know, like that. And then... And then I was, like, lying on the floor. This was the very first day of the filming. And I was lying on the floor saying, my butt hurts. And you could see them just thinking, oh, my goodness. Like, this is the star of the advert. And these back's hurt. And, like, this can be some serious... Legal, yeah, legal repercussions, but anyway, a bit later it did feel a bit better. Then I said, I really feel like I want a massage in my hotel room later. And they were like, Yeah, 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 whatever you want. (laughs) So I got a free massage. You see, they preferred to pay $150 for a massage (laughs) than a massive amount of legal stuff. That was
0: Paul, uh, another returning hero, again with some amazing stories. And uh, he's done a brilliant show in 2023 about the death of his brother that has rightly so got fantastic reviews. But uh, he talks very openly about that in in the, in the this whole podcast. You can, of course, go back and listen to the whole podcast if you hear a bit you like from one of these guests. It is my long-time friend and colleague, Ed Byrne. We'll talk about your your Edinburgh show. You're doing uh, a new stand-up show that you yes, also, you're also going to be touring. Yeah. Uh, called Tragedy Plus Time. Tragedy Plus Time, yeah. Which uh, is... Uh, it comes from a very
6: serious place. It is a bit, yeah. And I think that the hardest thing about the show has not been the, I mean, writing it; has been difficult, and performing it so far has been has had its difficulties. But the hardest thing has been has been talking about it in an upbeat way, because yeah. the, the show it, it is centres around the 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 death of uh, my my little brother died last year, yes, and it's obviously that's really quite sad. Um, I, I, but he would want me to talk about it. I know he would. And the thing is, I'm actually already quite a hack because. <laughs> I saw three different shows at the Edinburgh Fringe last year about this. Yeah. And when I say about this, I don't mean about their little brothers dying. I saw three shows about my <laughs> little brother dying. Because he was a comedy writer and he was a comedy director. What his thing, his name was Paul, Paul Byrne, his thing was um, he would take people who had like 45 minutes of jokes and he would help them turn that into a, a one-person Edinburgh Fringe show. It was yeah. quite a, it's quite a niche role in comedy but he was really good at it and he had a bunch of clients and a bunch of people who you'd know, you know Roisin Conaty, uh, Larry Dean, Sindhu uh, V, you know people like he, who he worked with and helped you know just improve their shows. So he was working on various people's shows at the time of his death. He died in February and so there was a bunch of people then in that August whose shows I went to see who started off talking about... Uh, so this show didn't turn out how I wanted. I was working on it with my director, Paul, who's also my friend, and they do that. and Paul, he's very funny. And they would talk about Paul, and then, and then like the 45-minute mark would go, anyway, Paul... Died. I totally saw it coming, right? They, did not, <laughs> they didn't fool me. But, yeah, so there was a bunch of shows about it sure. la- la- last year. So, but I, I've just... And I think people can forgive me. I've taken slightly longer to write mine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he absolutely would want, you know... As I say to the audience at the start of the show... He would want me to talk about this, so if you don't laugh, you're the ones disrespecting the dead. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, but then talking about it, it's one thing about here. But I was on I was on Saturday Kitchen the other day talking about it, (laughs) and that's a bubbly show. And it's like, yes, yeah, so what's the show about? Well, I'm like, well, on the, good, on, on the upside, it's not about me kids. Right? <laughs> I've done a lot of shows now about parenting, and it really pisses people off. But this one is not about me kids. It's about my dead brother, you know. Uh, and so we just got into a discussion. And what it is, it is it's about, it's about it, the, the sort of conceit of the show is it's about the darkest joke I ever told, which I won't reveal here. It, is, it comes at the end of the show, and it's about something I said to my mother afterwards. Okay. And it, but the whole thing is about. How humour can get you through the the, the worst thing, and it's, it's that thing. It was a, it was supposed to be Mark Twain. Since I've since I named the show "Tragedy Plus Time," I've been doing a bit more reading about it. And Apparently, it wasn't. Maybe it oh, wasn't really? Mark. Twain. It's been attributed to Mark Twain okay. that that he defined humour as tragedy plus time. So yeah. the idea is that how big a tragedy and how much time <laughs> before it's funny. Yes. And uh, it is weird how like the darkest stuff can still like the stuff like the worst moment of my life was watching my little brother die because he lit, we went for the switch off for the unplugging of the life support and i made the mistake of playing some music on my phone of a band i knew he liked but a band i'd never heard i'd never heard this album and it was a band called sebado okay. and the album was sebado 3 and it was a fucking there is no ideal soundtrack to watch your little brother's life Air out of his body, but if there is, it's not fucking this. (laughs) It was, it made a bad situation worse, and it is one of those things where I look back on it. It was like a sitcom. It was like, like it was, it was. I mean, we're talking proper. Like (laughs) (laughs) at the, the point at the end of the album where the guy is just yelling, "Blood on the walls, blood on the walls." It's fucking horrible. It's not like just like heavy metal. It's really discordant, dark shit. To the point where, and this is completely true, when the album finished, my brother is still dying and myself and my mother are still going through this nightmare. But when that album finished, I turned to my mother and said, well, thank fuck that's over. (laughs) Like that. (laughs) And that is true. And it is undeniably funny that that happened. It's horrible. It's sad. It's dark. But it is undeniably funny that that took place. So that kind of the whole show. That's <laughs> that's that's the tone of it right there. Yeah. yeah. Thanks,
0: Ed. Terrific stuff from Ed there. And now it's time for some adverts. I've got books out. I've got DVDs out. I've got downloads out. A lot of them at gofasterstripe.com. You should go to gofasterstripe.com and check out all the downloads and DVDs and books that they have there. Because if you like comedy. They've got something for you there, my finest friend. Anyway, here are some ads for some stuff that isn't as good as Go Faster Strike, but that you should still buy the ad.
1: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Thank you very much to those people for advertising my show.
0: In my show. Not my They haven't advertised my show. I'm advertising their stuff. Come on. Give a bit back, guys. Uh... This is one of my absolutely favourite of the newer acts. I mean, you know, he's been going for about 15 years, probably. Um, but it's all relative. Uh, I've been going for, what, 35 years or something? Oh, my God, what? Um, it's Jazzy Mew, Archie Henderson. Let's ask you, this is the, the AI question that I think may work out for you. What is the most ludicrous thing you've ever done in the name of love?
8: Or
7: if
0: you believe in a thing called love? What is the ludicrous thing you've
8: done? I was at my most romantic when I was a child. Yeah. Certainly. Before puberty hit, when Christ. I lost all emotion. <laughs> I was very uh, pining romantic when I was about 10 or 11. And uh, <laughs> there, was a, there was a girl that I really fancied called Kate Wilson.
4: Yeah,
8: And uh, I had saved up my pocket money. And I was like, I'm going to buy her a gift. I'm gonna win her over with with gifts like a tiny bird in the Amazon, <laughs> and I went to <laughs> I went to this little newsagent shop and I bought her a a hair bobble, like a hair tie. Yeah. It was it was terrible. Yeah, it's bad. It's a bad. It's a bad present. It's a bad present. <laughs> and I and I didn't I didn't think it was in the shop. I was like she's gonna love this, and I took it into I took it into school and I was like I'm gonna give it to her. And, you know, I was seconds away from giving I was like, this is a bad, bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I had this realisation. And I just abandoned it. Oh. Yeah, and she never got it. Kate, if you're listening, there's a it's bubble cute. with your name on it.
0: It might have worked. She might have been impressed.
8: I think I'm still friends with her. <laughs> <laughs> no, we go. I don't think so. Oh, that's,
0: that's sweet. I, I wrote a four-page uh, poem to Sally Waits. <laughs> which, which, we, uh, without having talked to her about at all about fancying I think mm. we looked at each other a bit. Yeah. Which every line started, I love you more than I can say, I love you this and every day, I love it. it was just like every single line started like that. Fucking bold. It's very bold.
8: bold. It was bold. Yeah. And we went out with each for other. Yeah, yeah, she went for it, yeah. we Went out with
0: each other for one mm. lunchtime. time. <laughs> <laughs> Your love would burn bright and fast. (laughs) And I didn't have anything to say to her. And then she said, you don't speak. I don't want to go out with you anymore. (laughs) I've I've got it all out and expressed it all so beautifully. Um, (laughs) This is an Edinburgh-based question from last year's Edinburgh. Uh, There was an Edinburgh show last year that boasted it was a cross between Mr Bean and The Shining. Can you think of a worse combination of films... (laughs) That would actively spoil both movies.
8: Human Centipede. Yeah. And Wimbledon. Oh, Wimbledon, the... Yeah. Uh, the tennis film. The tennis film. I'm just on the Judy Murray
0: film <laughs> Yes, right <there. laughs> back. Now, is Wimbledon... That's not the Woody Allen one. That was called Match Point yeah, or something.
8: Yeah, not Match Point. No, this is a rom-com from yeah. the early noughties. Yeah, that was better. Kirsten Dunst. Is and that right? And Paul, someone else. Paul, Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany, that's well, right. I knew. I need, yeah. didn't need
0: the p- prompt for once. Yeah.
8: Um, and they have to play as the centipede.
0: <laughs> it it's would... not
8: doubles, it's like quintuples.
0: I think that would make both films better. Oh, you're right. You're right. I think it really would make it... <laughs> I think a human centipede needs a bit more tennis in it. Just to, to draw in the interest. I think it's a bit too grotesque, the human centipede. I've never yeah. watched it. Yeah. Whereas I have watched Wimbledon <laughs> because of all the tennis. It
8: was not grotesque was enough. Good. Match yeah. point's
0: so bad, man.
8: I've not it's... seen that. Oh fuck. Mm.
0: I mean I know Woody Allen's done worse things than that, but
8: <laughs> <laughs> No, that's the hill you should die it, on. But
0: it's, As an artist Yeah What what happened?
4: Mm.
0: What happened? <laughs> Do you stay in a lot of hotels on your touring? What's it, have you had a have you had any bad experiences in hotels yet?
8: Not loads, no. no. They've been they've been a bit uh what, what the level
0: tours. of hotel... I'm just trying to... You know, yeah. I, the thing with you is I don't know you at all. Yeah. I only know your character. I what's think that's going what's going on. I
8: mean, he, me... he would splash out on a yeah, lavish, he, yeah. Caesar's been... Palace kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. What, I haven't... The tour I went on, on the estates, we didn't stay in hotels. We stayed in an on RV. A a, it wasn't even a bus. Okay. It was an RV meant for two families of four. <laughs> okay. We, and there were ten large men in it. <laughs> <laughs> and... Yeah, I discovered that a gear stick can make a pillow if you really <laughs> need it to. It was awful. Wow. We we one night parked in a Walmart car park. You can park there for free, but you're not really meant to park in a Walmart car park. No. And uh we we'd finished the show really late. We got there about two AM and we all everyone, you know, lies in their little flat bit, the tiny bit of space that they've been apportioned, and we all close our eyes and then we hear I'm like, oh, God, this guy's banging on the door. And he's dressed in full high viz, and he looks absolutely mental. Like, he's, like, <laughs> ready to fight all of us. And he's like, I'm the ticket man. I'm here to collect my tickets. And we were like, okay, well, he's wearing high viz. We should probably pay him for a ticket. And he was like, thanks. And he just walks around the car park, just, yeah, just right. picking up um, free stuff. And then a, 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 a security guy came over with his police lights and said... Um, you know, you guys, are, you guys are very welcome to stay here. Uh, just to let y'all know that someone did die here last night. So you, <laughs> so we drove off, yeah. How did they die? They were shot. Oh,
0: fuck. I was going to make a joke about that. <laughs> they were, were shot and they
8: stole on... the, the tires. That was the detail that he so told us. So they
0: were sleeping in the car park. They were and someone sleeping in the car park.
8: Someone shot it. them and stole the wheels off their car. Fuck. Mm.
0: America's such a great place. It's cool. So it's
8: relaxing. I didn't tell my
0: mum that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's pretty. That beats the, uh, the bogey on the travel lodge. Uh, cur- shower curtain. You've beaten me. I had the best one. You've that even beats the toilet in the Swansea, the toilet in the same room in Swansea. What's that? I had a toilet that was in the bedroom. And mm. It was in like a, it was a... There was a cupboard alcove, but it didn't have a door on it. <laughs> Is it meant so, to be a shared room? Is it like no, a twin? No, no, just, no, just just for you. There was yeah, to- yeah, it was like just, a toilet. Yeah, it's like sometimes in a hotel, there's a bath there and then just in the middle of the room. <laughs> That's romantic. Same Freestanding with the toilet. toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Same on <laughs> the toilet. Eagle's feet. Gilded. <laughs> Thank you to Archie there. Lovely young man. Uh, and this was another show recorded for the Edinburgh Fringe at the Bill Murray, a fantastic venue in Angel, where I will be doing a few previews of my new tour. If you like to catch work-in-progress shows throughout the early months of 2024, uh, this is Dutch comedian Mickey Overman. So, look, tell us about what the... Because you've done Edinburgh a couple of times. How many times have you done Edinburgh? A few times?
9: Yes, this will be the fifth.
0: Fifth time, yeah, 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 great. So what?
9: Because we're in Edinburgh right now. Yeah.
0: What's 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 what's, <laughs> the, the what's the show this year and what's it about? It's
9: a, it's about whether or not to have a baby. Oh, you're a dad.
0: I am a dad. I mm-hmm. mean, I didn't have to have the baby, which is a, a big thing.
9: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and if I'd had to have the baby, I might have thought twice about it. Especially, especially, <laughs> especially having seen someone yeah, having yeah, a baby, yeah, yeah. it's not very nice. From what it's, angle? Uh, from every angle, I've seen it, and uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, but it's quite traumatic. I mean, no one really talks about the dads, but it's quite traumatic for the Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. For the yeah,
0: dad. Let's yeah, yeah. talk about the dads. The, and my Jen? wife got a bed and everything. I had to sit, oh, in, a, I had to sit okay. in a chair the whole time.
9: This is good stuff. Yeah,
0: so, you know, I would do it. This from, could be your next job. I would do that. For, you could do it from the you, <laughs> the. you could be the dad. Yeah. And your partner could have the baby. Yeah. That's what I would suggest to you. To uh, me. Yeah.
9: <laughs> Even though he's a boy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can do anything these days. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's a good subject. <laughs> and, and being a parent is uh, an incredible thing. Um uh? <laughs> not, not always good, but I, I like it's been good for me. But it, but equally it's one of those things that you can't go to people, you must become a parent no, 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 because no, 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 it's great for everyone, because it isn't great for everyone. And I think you, if you want to do it then. then well,
10: I basically
9: it. got to this point where because I'm in my in my thirties now, yeah. so like I got to this point where I got broody, which is what happens to people in their thirties. And uh and yeah, I just I mean I've struggled with with the idea of it because it I basically asked my mum. And said, why did, why did you decide to have a baby? And I think she was confused by the words why and decide. Because she right. was just kind of like,
4: uh,
9: that's what you did. And I just don't feel like that's what it's like anymore. No. Well, it is, it is
0: a choice, I think, now. Much more than it it's a choice would have been. But, but
9: also like the world is ending.
0: Yeah, that is also true. So that's like And um, that is depressing. My kids will be about twenty five, twenty-eight when the world ends. When the so world ends, right. They'll get yeah. a little bit of big an adult, but yeah, yeah if you yeah, if yeah, you have yeah. one now, it's kind of yeah. just as life's it's, about to start. Yeah, like, Sorry, everyone. You
9: get <laughs> ten years. Have fun. Um so yeah, I do I do think that's uh, it's a really uh, hard decision to, to make now. I just yeah. uh I envy anyone who doesn't worry about it.
0: Yeah, it is. Well, a lot of people don't. I mean, it is amazing to the extent. I mean, what's just happened this week when we're doing that, uh, you know, the election, uh, Boris Johnson's constituency supposedly lost because of the uh, ULEZ thing. Yeah. And people kind of uh, put next to, on the newspaper, put next to uh, roads on fire. And uh, and people are still worrying about, oh, well, you know, we don't want, we can't stop the emission. So no one's really, there are people still incomplete, those people who believe that it's not happening. Despite the evidence, yeah, still believe it's not happening. Yeah, so they so, can just have
9: a baby. Yeah,
0: so yeah, they can just have a baby. But Good then, for them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, appearances <laughs> is bliss is it, the lesson. It is. It is, uh, it is a, a worry. I, you know, you. I think you hope, don't you, that. Uh, yeah, I think that's kind happen.
9: of the journey I go on in in the show a little bit. Is that like it just descends a little bit into hopelessness and then you know, I, I, I dig my way back out because yeah. that's no way to live is uh, is basically the trajectory. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you know, the human race has been through a lot of stuff.
9: Yeah, but I also, whenever like Elon Musk or someone like him is like, what a, you know, we can't, we, we must have babies, otherwise we go extinct. I just don't find that a very compelling argument. <laughs> I, just, I just don't. I'm just like, and then what? Like, they don't exist yet, those people that yeah. you're worrying about. So like, they're not upset. Yeah, like, so I I just don't know why that would be so bad. I don't know why it would be so bad. Uh, it wouldn't necessarily
0: be so bad. It's, certainly from the perspective of people who haven't been born, you're yeah. correct. That, that Thank it's, you. it's fine for the yeah, the rest of them. us who have to sit through the being burnt by the yeah. sun.
4: Yeah,
9: and like not something. having yeah, I guess so. And like not having like any new life to like look at with hope. Yeah. But even that, like, how long will that take? Like a hundred years. <laughs>
0: What well, if we just all stop having babies. Yeah. We stop now, yeah. We, stop you know, now. There might be a very old person on their own in 120 <laughs> yeah, yeah. years' yeah. time who probably won't be able to look after themselves very yeah, often. Yeah, but we'll yeah. have a lot of stuff. I think, yeah. you know, I think they'll still be... <laughs> if they can find a place to live, if they're just the last person. Uh, yeah. You know, there are too many people. There, there are too many people. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the history is full of uh, terrible things happening. You know, the dinosaurs. Look at those guys. Don't hear much from them anymore, yeah. There they're are, on your book? There's one there. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it's all things ebb and flow. And, we've, we're so, you know, I think we're so lucky to live at the, t- the time we do in the place that we do.
9: Well, I do, of course. I'm yeah. a woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no point in the past is better than <laughs> the forefront point. That is true. Yeah. But I think it's true for everyone. It
0: sort of feels almost, you know, for me, I've, it's, an, it's the, about the best evidence for the fact we're living in a simulation is, yeah, that we're, yeah, yeah. is that we are here and yeah. we live in, in a nice place. Yeah. Uh, in a place that probably won't... We'll probably not be that badly hit by global warming either. So, you know, <laughs> their problem will be everyone else trying to get here.
9: Yes, right. Um,
0: uh, oh. Yeah. There's so, know, no, no immigrants is what, I, is what I'm saying. Uh, I hope everyone's, <laughs> hope everyone's behind me. I'm getting in early. I'm... We just need some machine guns yeah, set yeah, up. Yeah.
9: And you're also saying that to an immigrant. Oh yeah, you know, um, so it to feels an pointed. Of yeah, you know. Um, I think we
0: can let the Dutch. I mean, if the EU had just been the Dutch, I mean, we'd still be friends. It's, you know the what? Other, it's, it's the other ones we didn't want that was the problem.
9: I genuinely have had people say that to me, <laughs> and it is, and it is so upsetting. Like it, it.
4: Uh, if it, you've
0: just, had just, the politeness to learn English, that's the thing. So, like, if you, that's the... <laughs> Like those French, they they, won't, they don't even, they can speak English and they we still go. choose not yes,
4: to. Yes, let's get
9: into it. <laughs> <laughs> I get a lot of comments online saying people like that they're like not even buying that I'm a Dutch person. Right. And I think it's very interesting because like, what a boring thing to make up. <laughs> <laughs> I can, ooh.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty, I might pretend to be Dutch for a while. Yeah, do no, it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try
9: it. You could do it. I love, I love. The blue eyes. Thank
0: you. That was Mickey. She's so fan, She's so fan, She blows my mind. Bet no one's done that about her before. But terrific comedian. Check her out if you can. Um, and this was a remote podcast I did for the Edinburgh Fringe. I did go to see the show eventually, having d- d- debated in the podcast whether I should. Uh, and it was great. I think it's on Netflix. The, the old man in the pool. And again, a comedian, I think, a uh, guest who was slightly uh, dubious about me. Not sure you like me. That's good for me. It's good if they don't like me. It's Mike Babilia, And, you know, your shows are very... Uh, I mean, they're, 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 they're... The sets and things are quite complex. So the set for The Old Man in the Pool is a wave. I, I believe you... Considered having an actual swimming pool in the, yes, true story. The yeah. <laughs> which again, but when you come to tour something like that, because I'll do I'll do my shows for one night and take them somewhere else. So the idea of you obviously do a residency somewhere, but when you're touring something, is that a pain in the arse or do you how 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 are you translating that set when you come to the UK? So like
7: a majority of the time i'm performing with no set like in edinburgh right. there will be no set yeah um but in in the west end like it, there's 30 performances and so they're building it you know right. the right the, the set was designed by beowulf Barrett, and and the lighting was uh, aaron kopp and 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 a uh, a, uh a really wonderful team of people who created the design sure. and so we will bring the, the 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 wyndham theater will have the full designed uh Set and uh yeah, I love performing on a set because it's like that thing that they say about when you give an actor a pair of shoes, all of a sudden they they're inhabiting the character that of the shoe, you know what i mean and and I yeah. feel like the set design is like that like it's it's this kind of swimming pool uh aesthetics, kind of a tile aesthetic, and it kind of transports me back to my childhood uh at the y m c a pool, which is a lot of what the show's about.
0: Yeah, and I think you know I think they those details they do sort of transform. And I I can simply see all of these shows working without any of this because the material's great. But it does you know it does if you're going to the theatre often you know if you're coming to see me often it will just be me standing on the stage, and so it does make it feel like. And your tickets I noticed for London are not that expensive, which I uh, which is terrific. They're like about twenty five quid, which is yeah. Which is good, I think. I think that's, yeah. a good, that's a good fair price. But at least you know you're going to a theatre, and 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 some effort has been made. I you know I, I think it, the theatrical theatricality and the use, and you know you've clearly got a, a big team of people that you work with to achieve this. But it does it does sort of elevate it, I think. To to another level
7: that's the subtitle of the show is uh some some effort has been made <laughs> right
0: <laughs> but it's you know it's 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 very interesting to me you know i'm I, I, i'm glad to have i've always been aware of you and i've seen bits and pieces of you and i follow you on uh, social media so i've seen lots of clips but it's been really great and i'm pretty inspiring actually to to watch um, nice to watch those shows and think about. A to think about what I've done differently because uh, I started out and I didn't. I wasn't. I did stand up, but I didn't like it. And then I came back. I did a double act, and then I came back to one man shows, which were were sto- You know, were stories, um, but not not really stand up. And then I pivoted a bit more back to stand up again after that. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's it's kind of interesting to look back and think. I wonder if I'd. You know, I wonder if I'd stayed with with what I was doing and not gone back to stand up how things were doing. But yeah, it's uh I did a show called Christ and a bike. Uh and, um, <laughs> which was all about my relationship with Jesus, which I think again, you know, we we touched on quite we touched on a a lot of the, the big themes, both of us, so there are similarities. But I uh, someone from America came to see it. I just sort of was thinking about this today because <laughs> someone from America came to see it. It was two thousand and one. Uh, and someone came and said we must put this on in new york we're gonna put this in (laughs) off broadway in new york uh and i was very excited and then uh 9-11 happened and they didn't want to do a show about religion oh wow so i feel i'm more probably the main victim of 9-11 really because yeah yeah. and i actually
7: i think it's possible the terrorists heard about the show
0: (laughs) yeah i think that's it i thought how could we ruin this about, about a guy doing religion. So, yeah. So I missed that ch- that opportunity to, to play off-Broadway. So, you know, have a think about that New so, York.
7: Someday. Someday Christ on a bike.
0: <laughs> someday it'll come back. Uh, that was
7: Mike. A very,
0: very, very good comedian and w- wonderful stagecraft. And I have a lot to learn having watched his shows. Um, look, I love it when anyone from Ghosts come on. We had uh, Kyle on uh, one of these compilations a couple of days ago. Um, and... Always very popular if you uh, get a chance to check out uh, the Simon Farnaby episode. Anyway, this isn't Simon Farnaby. This is Ben Wilbond and Larry Rickard. Let's talk about school sports days for a little bit, just because I was mentioning that. Uh, Do you remember either as a parent watching your kids or do you remember them as a kid? Do you have any memories of sports? Oh, my God.
11: Uh, At my school, sports days involved um, a... um, Seeking helicopter landing on the playing field... <laughs> right. Or ..was at a very military school. <laughs> Every year, a massive yellow helicopter would land on the playing field. And various military people would come out. They'd be saluting. There'd be a... There'd be a big... Uh, it's basically... It was basically like an Olympic... You know, there's javelins. There was track and field, discus, medals. And then the winners would get to fly in the helicopter.
12: I think did. I went to a different
4: school
0: too. It did. <laughs> did, you, did you ever get to fly in the helicopter? I got business? to fly in the helicopter. Wow, yeah. okay. We
4: and got a uh, police helicopter, but it wasn't sports day.
12: <laughs> I mean, it was absurd. But I got them.
11: <laughs> it was absurd. And then um, cut to eight years later, and I deliberately, at my children's sports day, put a knee brace on, Wore my shorts, put a knee brace on, and went. Okay, guys, it's the dads race. I went. oh, it's uh, <laughs> because because that's because I can't stand competitive dads, and they're all competitive dads, yeah. and they all sprint really hard. Last year, one guy uh, sprinted so hard he pulled up about you know ten yards from the end with clearly a very bad hamstring injury. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? You're a 40-something man sprinting against other men who think they have to sprint against each other.
12: What are you doing? I love it. They kind of go, God, I was fine last year. And you go, yeah, the last time you ran was a year ago. Yeah. That tells you the problem. And then
11: the Sea King helicopter lands <laughs> and takes them all away.
0: Luckily, they didn't do a, a parents' race at that, um, which I, I was pleased yeah. with, because I'm quite a bit older than all the other parents. <laughs> That's all right. I'm probably was, yeah. 30 years older than some of the parents. Yeah.
11: It's exhausting. <laughs> um, but no, it was a very jolly event. Everyone gets medals as well. Yeah, but everyone got medals. Everyone
0: gets medals. Yeah. Any, any memories of. Were you a sporty youngster? I, I not This know. guy, wow.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
11: he had to jack it all in, became a writer
4: instead, but
12: he was. Olympic level GB, <laughs> Team GB. Yeah, I'm pretty sporty. Yeah. <laughs> if I put on a t shirt, my partner goes, <laughs> 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 it looks like a costume on me, and I don't know why. I got for a while, just after we did Bill, and I had to pick up a sword and I needed a hand, oh, I decided to get a personal trainer, and I turned up on my first day, and my personal, like shorts and a t shirt, my trainer went, ha <laughs> <laughs> You don't even know that this isn't right. Um, No, I don't know. My mum hates it, because whenever they ask about it, whenever they go, oh, do you remember when we did that? I've got, like, no recollection of my childhood. And my brother's the same. And so they're like, we did all of this lovely stuff, and neither of you buggers remember. (laughs) Apparently, I was uh, relatively quick. Um, I I know I played rugby for a while. And um, why is people laughing when I say,
13: (laughs) I can be quick?
12: Um, I played rugby for a while because I was so stupid that they'd be like, put him in the path of Brian Goldring, he's big. He won't stop him, but it'll slow him down. <laughs> and I did, and I would slow him down enough for a better boy to, yeah. to get hold. That's, that's a wrong. Um, don't, don't say, ah, I'm fine. <laughs> I was really quick and I was brave and I played rugby. That's the take home. OK. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, applause. Yes.
0: And uh, based on my experience, these are two new emergency questions. I think there might be something in that sports they want. Thank you to Ben and Lawrence. Now, again, making a second appearance after having been uh, on one of the remote podcasts, uh, internet sensation, strange but wonderful man, Alistair Green. But I think, like, I think you're right. I don't think your stuff... Is, there's no point in putting it on TV because what you're doing is is, Cheers, is, mate. is the point. There's no point. Keep well, that there, in. There's no point. No one will watch it. Just. It'll just look stupid. People go, why is there just a bloke in so, a then, white let's, room? Let's just, it's crap. Well, let's just They'll go off what we've
14: established. <laughs> you could do that in the morning. There's no point making it into a TV
0: show. I said I'd give you lunch. Um... <laughs> But, like, it's interesting because I saw, like, League of Gentlemen in very, right from the beginning. So, when, when League of Gentlemen began, it was a stage show and they, it was very minimalist and they would put sellotape tape on their face and mm. they would just suggest characters. But then they took it into that, you know, they did make it into a TV show that obviously worked as a really different mm. thing. The characters you do are, you know, are strong enough, I think, that you. Could. I mean, I don't I understand why you would resist doing it, and I don't understand why you want to just do it the way you're doing it. But I think you could put those characters into a sort of legal gentleman style. Yeah, I should be clear, I haven't, I haven't resisted it. It's, no. <laughs> yeah. it's the TV people <laughs> yeah. that have resisted but, but let's it, say, no.
4: it.
14: It's very much not on my part. <laughs>
0: but I think it would, it would, it would, <laughs> you could do it, I, but I can, understand why you, I can understand why you might not want to do it, but you could do it. Well, I think one, one, of the,
14: one of the issues that I have, or a lot of people who make things themselves, is you go from a position of making everything yourself... You know, you edit, you make it, you yeah. think about it, to then giving it to someone else and they go, well, we think this and that, which is quite a difficult thing to, to navigate, I think. Yeah. Or to find the person on the other end of that who understands what you're trying to do.
0: Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't think TV gives enough value. You know, I think the internet gives you more value than, the, than TV would. I mean, you get, you'd get paid on TV and right. it, would, it might bring in a, a new audience, I guess. But I think, you know, you've built you've built your audience this organic way. I'm also... Need-
14: I mean, with that as well, I also think very carefully about that as well because I think, it, you know, may, even five years ago, if you had the opportunity to go on a panel show or something like that, you'd jump at the chance because there wasn't that level of exposure that yeah. you could get yourself, right? Or maybe a bit, a bit more than that, five or six years ago, five to ten years ago, anyway. But now I think, I don't know. I don't know what the benefit is of doing that stuff. If anything, I think you might attract the wrong kind of people. If you've got a very carefully controlled audience, you know you don't suddenly want, particularly if you're prominent on social media like I am, a ton of comments from idiots going, fuck, you know, this ain't funny. I saw you at 10 or 10 cats, you're funny. This is (laughs) shit, mate. (laughs) So how are you... (laughs) You laughed as if that was you
0: making the comment secretly I was, just I was just imagining doing that yeah. of, and getting pleasure from it but <laughs> <laughs> are you because you do you use cameo a lot is that is that how is that your main way of making not not money so from, much now no? i
14: don't i don't really use cameo in, 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 anymore um I, I have a few different ways obviously obviously touring i was i was in a show called the grape for quite a bit i mean that's a very long filming yeah. schedule even though i'm not in it that much but it, it lasts for like it's, you know, half, half the year sometimes. So, I mean, there's a few different ways. I have a Ko-Fi account, and, uh, which is people buy you a coffee, et cetera. I know yeah. some subscribers on that. Um, so there's a few different things you can do.
0: It sort of feels like, I mean, it, you know, it feels... and I mean, you do get quite a lot of acting jobs. It does feel like a fantastic audition piece anyway. Much better than having to do, you know, having to do those horrible sort of self I mean, I know you've done some about self-taping, but the the self-taping thing as an actor is one of the most kind of gruesome things Awful. Ever
14: I mean, just awful. Yeah.
4: yeah.
0: I mean, the only thing worse
14: is auditions. I mean, anything I've really acted in is because the person writing the show knows me. I mean, that's that's really it. And they've texted me and gone, "Do you want to be in this show?" I go, "Yeah," because if I have to audition, I ain't getting it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not happening. But if they, if they text me and they go, "Do you want to be?" I mean, I know that's not. You sound arrogant that arrogant,
0: that, that's literally what, what happens. But they know that from having seen... You know, yeah, they're, exactly, they're, because they know seen, me from the work. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's, a, it's a great advert for you to... Right. to, to for, for other stuff. But there must be a way of making money from, from you know, online, or isn't there? Yeah,
14: there, I, mean, I mean, there is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in lockdown, what a lot of people did was post their Ko-Fi account after a video. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a way of saying, I've made this thing, it's taken some time... You can buy me a coffee if you want, yeah. and at one point that was a good way to you know that was a good way to do it. Yeah. I've still got that account <laughs> something to think about, isn't it <laughs> um, so but there's also a culture online where people yeah. expect things for free yeah I mean no, that's definitely. the biggest problem you know
0: yeah yeah, I mean you know like, i i we used to post the, the these uh, the whole video on YouTube for free. Uh, and everyone was uh, happier. Then we stopped doing that, and people get and now, now we put up ten minutes and say, you, "Right, there's ways of getting this if you want it." I mean, people, it's quite people, annoying
14: when when people go, people message me sometimes and go, "You've been a bit quiet, a bit quiet recently." Right? Oh, I'm so fucking sorry. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like they go, "You haven't put you haven't put anything for free
0: for me this week." It's really like, yeah, but people presumptuous... get angry with, you. yeah, yeah, they're, they're right, they get angry right. About not having to go. Well, it costs quite a lot to right, film this. right. Uh, you, so... you've given me nothing. <laughs> <So laughs> Would you be prepared to pay fifty p yeah. towards it? No. Yeah.
14: And people have this thing where they go, oh, but it's been good for you. It hasn't been good for me. I've <laughs> nothing but shit off idiots like you. There's nothing good about
0: it. Another strange and wonderful man uh, with deserved fantastic success. He's too gorgeous. It's my old flatmate, Peter Bainham. Maybe everything's a dream, Pete. Have you thought about yeah. that? Maybe life is a, just a dream? I think his life's a dream. Though. I mean, do it's, you not feel... Does it, it not is. feel... I mean, I know you've lived mm. your life and so it's progressed... But does it not feel crazy to think that, you know, at 16 you were on a big ship with people mm. di- having heart attacks and injuries <laughs> and being put in the fridge and now you live in LA yes. <laughs> and nearly won an Oscar? Yeah. It's, yeah. Does that not if feel you insane? put it that way. Yeah. I mean, it feels insane. If I lived to me. my
15: life that way, I'd have some yeah. kind of breakdown, you know, if I went like, you know. If you 60. just leapt through yeah. time from that one <laughs> to this one, yeah. would you, do you think you'd be able to yeah.
0: process it's, that it's, fact?
15: It's, it's weird, but you just go through your life. Most of your life is annoying, isn't it? So you're just, like, just late for something, or you, or you can't do a poo, or, you kind of, or you're in an Uber, and, it, you know, and you, you feel a bit sick, and then that, that's most of life. <laughs> or the man didn't come to bring the thing this morning. He said between 8 and 12, and it's 10 past 12, and, you know, or, like, the Airbnb. I've just been to a horrible Airbnb. Yeah. So. Um, and um, can I name the company that I rented? <laughs> yeah, the, um, sure. Yeah, City Relay, they're called. Okay. They're the managing company. They're not the actual tenant, but yeah. No. I've been to the worst Airbnb of anyone's life. Really? For the last what was, what was bad days about visit. Um, oh, my God. Like,
0: <laughs> Did they not give you three gifts was, like at the Oscars? Um,
15: I don't know. It, it's going to turn out to be things like, there were only Ford Nespresso espresso <laughs> capsules. <laughs> Oh, my God, like the, you know, the Bose system, you know, they didn't have the right connection. <laughs> I, no, I mean, I, I'll try and... Is it all right to talk about... Is it all right to hijack your podcast <laughs> yeah, for, show sure. for this? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, we got there, and it was a company that managed the... Um, it's probably Libelous, you know, Yeah, businesses. it's fine. Yeah. No, we got there. Yeah, <laughs> fine. Um, no, it's true. Uh, um, we 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 got to... this is, Last Monday, we got there with my family. We'd been horribly delayed flying from family in Chicago, and um, we uh, and our flight had been delayed nine hours. We were horribly jet lagged. We got to, the, and the, the company, as part from the thousands you pay for the Airbnb. They have um, They charge you fifty pounds to have a man meet you at the front door to right. give you the keys <laughs> right, right. at the flat. So it's not. And we got there, and there was this very nice man who he was actually very nice, and it wasn't his fault. And he, I'll call him Steve. Okay. And he's there with three sets of keys, and he says none of these keys work for the flat. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Can you have a try?
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay. so he says, "Can you
15: a?" And I was like. Uh, I got, and my wife's much better at coping with those things than I am, and I was like, really, like. <laughs> and then we eventually got Sarah managed managed to work one of the keys after about five minutes of getting. We got into the flat, and then it was, and then it was just a thing. It was like it was advertised as a four person flat. It was this four of me and uh, my wife and our two kids, and it was a three bedroom flat. And eventually they sent a a, a terrible air bed, um, and then we found out the fridge didn't work. And we left yesterday, literally nearly having a breakdown. and the fridge still didn't work. It's lucky none of you died. stunk of mould. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my ten-year-old did die. Okay.
4: <laughs> That's a,
0: that would put would it. She, Are definitely. you delighted that my ten-year-old... <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anyone that would delight me more if, they, if anyone had to die.
15: <laughs> Even the... <laughs>
1: <laughs> presenter accused of, yes, yes. Even...
15: you'd like <laughs> well um, if, if, if it delights you then I think we're square now you know. <laughs> what is the value <laughs> of a life of a grandfather versus a 10 year old and that's not nice is
0: it no 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 <laughs> <don't>. <laughs> I mean in a way none of none of that you shouldn't get into a competitive nice. thing about
15: what a who should <laughs> no <laughs> right. Anyway, but it was horrible, and it was molly, and it was disgusting. And they, yeah. And yeah. I, I realised now it doesn't really carry that much weight. This story. It,
0: was, no. you know. it just shows what yeah. a, you know LA ponce you've become. Yeah. <laughs> compared, yeah. To... I wanted a fridge. you changed, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have a fridge in Ballum, Peter. <laughs> we probably didn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not once it got flooded by uh, Terry yeah, Johnson yeah. There wasn't mm. even an international playwright no, living shush, above shush. us. Shush. What is what's going on? <laughs> World famous. Thank you to Peter. I'm delighted that something terrible has happened to you. Um, I'm also delighted that we got to talk to my next guest live after talking to him remotely during the pandemic. Got the world got to know what a great guy he is. It is the terrific Nigel Planer Which part of your life do you look back on and think, "What the fuck was I
13: thinking"? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, There's a lot of it? it? There's a lot. Most people, surely, a lot, a a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. And pretty (laughs) much
0: all the time, two years on, I look back. There was a point in the early 2000s where I didn't wash my hair for two years. I look back and go, what was I thinking? Uh, There there was a theory that, you know, your hair becomes self-cleaning. Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) Doesn't. Fucking doesn't. I remember that. And I still persisted with it. I don't know how any. I don't know how I got any sex in the year 2000 to 2002. But I, I, tried but I, I tried that.
13: I tried that for a yeah. few weeks. <laughs> okay, go. yeah. No. 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 Absolutely no. not. What, what, was the, what was the question again? What part of your
0: life? Which part of your life do you most look back on and think, "What the fuck was I thinking?" I mean, most people would be teenagers, maybe, but I don't know. I'm, I keep making mistakes.
13: Yeah, I mean, there's just. It, it's it's pockets all the way through. You know? <laughs> Qu- quite often. Yeah. Probably last week. <laughs> you know, last month. It, it, yeah. Too much to... Was that expression too often, too small to mention, but too often <laughs> to just, you know, forget?
0: Yeah. But look, a lot of middle-aged men and later middle-aged men... Go kind of a little bit crazy in lots of ways, like you know and it it feels to me like you've 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 you're still you and you're still i think you i think the thirty forty year old you wouldn't look at you and go, Oh no, what have you become
13: no maybe not but i I have become quite grumpy you, you know <laughs> shout at, shouting at the telly yeah my wife used to sort of really get annoyed with me for talking through the telly and criticising everybody and everything on the telly. And she'd say, well, I'm going to watch it on my own then, if you're going to make all this noise. And yesterday or the day before, she was watching the telly and I went into the other room and I heard her shouting at the telly. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Yes!
13: (laughs) She was going, oh, that's ridiculous.
0: (laughs) What I do that annoys my wife is that if, if I'm watching anything from like thirty years ago or more, I go through Wikipedia and tell her who's dead. <laughs> so oh <my>. I,
4: <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: I was looking at The Sound of Music. Uh, the kids in The Sound of Music. <laughs> Some of them are still here. It's like we know Julie Andrews is done like, and and Dick Van Dyke probably by the time this goes out, they'll both, both be dead. But uh, it's. Mary Poppins had an incredible they had a couple of early, go, early deaths one very sad one uh, but um, you know Dick Van Dyke and Julie Andrews and uh, what's her name Millicent um, the woman who played the votes for Women she's only just died that, that lady Millicent Martin it wasn't Millicent Martin no, I can't, no. All right. what was the name of the, the mother in Mary Poppins Wikipedia have you got your <laughs> yes. Phyllis Phyllis, Phyllis no nah. edit just edit point <laughs> <laughs> Jones. Phyllis Johns. that was it. I nearly got it, didn't I? I? Nearly got there. Thank you. That's my producer who has Wikipedia ready. For... In the old days, this audience, you ask them a question, honestly, bang, someone would know it straight away. My audience has got a lot thicker. it <laughs> the last, we've been doing this for 13 years, this show.
4: They've
0: got older, they've got thicker. They're not like they got... the good old days. Nigel Plain there. Again, the young ones went so much to me. That generation of comedians did so much for me. Uh, If you tune in tomorrow, tune on Monday, you'll hear Peter Richardson as well. Uh, Now, the worst guest we've ever had. I've been better than them every time they've been on. It is Sarah Millican. She's best known, of course, for her appearance on Odd One In, which I have a feeling I've been a guest before. Remember Odd One In? Yeah. Well, we're going (laughs) to. It's a shame because that that's all she's done in her life. And that's what we're going to talk about for the next hour. Will you please welcome Sarah Millican, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Sarah Millican. Oh. What
10: a night. Hi. Sarah Millicam, Odd One In. Honestly, Odd One In was one of the best experiences of my <laughs> whole life. Tell it us was... about it. So it was, it was never going to work as a telly programme, but it was so much fun. So they'd have things that we had to check, and obviously you had to guess the, which one was the odd one out, which one was the odd one in. And, and I remember sitting beside Donald McIntyre. Do you remember Donald yeah, McIntyre? Donal <laughs> trying to work out which Tash was real and which wasn't <laughs> of the people on the panel. But the audience were behind us. And okay. that's why it didn't work. Okay. I think that's why it didn't work. Because we were having an absolute fucking ball. <laughs> and the guys at the, <laughs> behind us couldn't really see what was going on. Can you not say so fucking fun. ball,
0: given what's just happened to me? <laughs> I, it's,
10: it's very, <laughs> that is very... That is very... Well, you can have a fucking ball, you just can't have two, that's all. <laughs> just have one. Also, what kind of a weak-willed man has a go at a woman when she's not allowed to retaliate? <laughs>
0: Do you eat a lot of salted caramel? I love salted caramel. No, because it's not
10: sweet enough.
0: <laughs> there's too much salt it's, in you it. You
10: know when you watch like Bake Off and stuff and, there's, and there's, they'll say, mm, it's a little bit too sweet. It just doesn't... <laughs> I don't understand what they mean. It's, there's no such thing
0: as too sweet. My problem with salted caramel is that generally speaking there isn't any salt in it. That's what like, that's... Do you have to add your a, own? You, you eat it and it goes, well, there's no salt in it. It's called salted caramel and there isn't salt. Am I right?
10: Why don't you just have they some look... crisps instead? I love. That's if people who uh, like salted caramel are people who would rather it was crisps, <laughs> and those people can just fuck off.
0: <laughs> Caramel's the best.
10: Put a it's bit of salt. Not, it's horrible. Put lots of salt in it. Mm. No, because oh, then it you're is... like, oh, delicious caramel, and just who's jizzed in the caramel? <laughs> Richard, was it you? Less likely now. (laughs) Has it started? Has it started?
0: I can still jizz. (laughs) To be fair, I wasn't jizzing that much before it got taken off.
10: Does it just do this? (laughs) (laughs) Basically. (laughs) just dribble out the end it's I good could... though you know what it's good though because if you go out if you're having sex with a man and he's young you're young as well it's not weird and when it jizzes you're like where the fuck is it because you've got to make sure it's nowhere near you clunge because yeah. then you know so you've got to check where it is and scoop it up or rub it in or whatever you do <laughs> When you get to your sort of yeah. age, it's still hanging off the end, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to find, is what I'm saying. It's better in some ways. <laughs> it's true.
0: If anything, I'd say the one testicle is producing a bit more than the two. I think I think <laughs> I think it's real it's looked and seen what's happened to the other <laughs> one and thought I better better butt my ideas up.
10: Oh God, bless it!
0: <laughs> I can't believe I, I can't believe I haven't spoken to you. I've not spoken to you since I lost a testicle. I don't think I have.
10: No, I don't get any no. of the updates. No.
0: I feel like, I feel I feel list. like I've had an evening of you having a go at me having one ball before, but I haven't. Just feel I've just imagined it,
10: <laughs> and it's happening right now.
0: It's <laughs> just like I dreamed. <laughs> that's the fourth part of this compilation series all sorted out um thank you to sarah yes you're she's all right she's okay at doing comedy i guess um we'll be back on new year's day i think monday with the final one of these compilations if you're not listening to them as they come out yeah it'll be there waiting for you like an expectant bunny right now thank you to ben evans chris evans not those ones uh kathleen mckeegan george lingford and everyone who knows me thanks very much richard herring.com slash for those remaining rahalastapa dates rahalastapa and richard herring.com slash ballback slash tour to find out all the tour dates for my upcoming stand-up. Would love to see you at those ones. Please book tickets if you can. All right, enjoy another podcast. Don't listen to anyone else's podcast but mine. Stay faithful and I'll see you on the next one.
7: Bye.